Hello, Nephew community, and welcome to the Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast. I'm Jeff Lockwood, the Nephew Medical Team, here with Mark Newman, writer and editor specializing in nephrology. Every month, Mark keeps us up to date on the latest hot topics in nephrology. Today, we will look at kidney care innovation and what some members of Congress are calling roadblocks that are stalling the use of new devices by dialysis providers. So, Mark, what is the discussion all about between Congress and CMS? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Well, there's been a great deal of talk over the years that the dialysis process has changed little you know, since the 1970s. Uh, in many cases, you know, that leads to discussions about the inadequacy of kidney care, uh, mainly mortality among patients who choose in center hemodialysis remains very high. A home dialysis uh, considered a better alternative is a therapy that only represents less, represents less than 15% of the overall patient population. And kidney transplants can, can't keep up with the demand. I mean, we had a record-breaking 25,000 kidney transplants last year, for example. But we still have around 80,000 people on the wait list for one. So there are discussions, developments, interest in seeing if there's a new way to provide this therapy and um, and that's the innovation part of this. And there is some concern about whether we're going to have access to it. So if those traditional methods are old, or if there's a supply problem, you know, like transplantation, what are other ideas being kicked around that could take renal replacement therapy to the next step? Well, certainly we have seen some advances in home therapy, for example. Quanta, which is a new uh, manufacturer, has just recently submitted its 510K application for its new dialysis machine for use in home, at the home, you know, in the home setting. Um, if approved, that would make three such machines available for home hemodialysis. And there's still others under development. So the engineers are starting to make these machines more user-friendly for patients, uh, which is really the key in trying to come up with ways, better ways, in fact, to deliver dialysis. But stepping further out of that problem, we have research taking place on building the implantable and the wearable kidney, and most recently, some discussions about xenotransplantation. Uh, this technology has gotten more attention in the mainstream media with the recent transplant of a pig heart and kidney into separate individuals. Some of this research has been supported by the KidneyX Artificial Kidney Prize. Uh, this is a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and American Society of Nephrology collaboration on this competition, uh, dividing up $9.2 million this past year among eight winners who are basically submitting proposals uh, to uh, HHS into ASN to review. And there's a review committee, committee, of course, but the intent here or the message is um, even Congress slash the federal government is interested in seeing more innovation in this field and perhaps some changes to the way we traditionally do dialysis. So it sounds like these new devices, you know, new transplant methods are getting federal and kidney industry support. So what are these roadblocks that you mentioned? Well, several members of Congress are pointing fingers at the prospective payment system. Remember, this is the payment policy created by CMS in 2011 to bundle most of the costs for dialysis treatment into one rate. 
That includes lab tests, nephrology drugs, with some exceptions, uh, the treatment and supplies, and of course, a dialysis provider's overhead, including staffing. So all that is bundled into this one rate. Uh, here's what several Congress members, congressional members, led by U.S. Representative Susan DeBenny from Washington, and two physicians in Congress, including Larry Bouchon and uh, Ami Barra uh, from California. So they wrote recently in a letter to CMS Administrator um, Shakita Brooks LaShore, and this is what they said. As co-chairs of the Congressional Kidney and Healthcare Innovative Caucuses, we share your goal of improving care and expanding access to innovative drugs and devices for patients with kidney diseases. To that end, we are encouraged that the CMS calendar year 2024 end-stage renal disease prospective payment system rule will include new payments for innovative drugs. However, as you work to finalize the rule, we wish to highlight concerns from across the kidney stakeholder community, including patients, providers, and innovators, that the proposal does not sufficiently reimburse for new innovative products. So these legislators are acknowledging you know, basically they're saying that these bundled payments do not provide providers the opportunity to try new things that could benefit the patients in the long term. Yeah, right. And even the bundle has taken on a reputation as being unfair and unforgiving. You know, CMS released a proposed rule in June for dialysis services that would raise the bundled payment rate by 1.6% for 2024 for next year. Uh, but include, as the legislators mentioned, a transitional drug add-on payment adjustment, it's called TDAPA, 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 to the bundle payment rate for certain new renal dialysis drugs and biological products. But the increase approved by CMS in 2002 for payment year 2023 was only 3%. So providers have had to deal with the cost of treating patients uh, during COVID, and the resulting high salary costs for nursing care and all the additional costs associated with, in essence, running dialysis clinics. And they've been doing this for the last two years now, almost two years, uh, with a 4.6% increase in payment. And that's difficult to do. I mean, there are certainly cost of living increases that they have to absorb. Uh, there's more uh, expenses for new equipment, um, nursing salaries, as we've mentioned several times during this podcast, um, have gone up. In the, in, and even if you could find nurses, it makes it more difficult. So the, the dialysis clinics, and, and now we have folks in Congress who are saying the bundle has sort of created a strangle on uh, individuals who want to go out there, dialysis providers who want to go out there and perhaps test innovation, but aren't getting the financial wherewithal to do that. Yeah, and I think you touched on this, but you know, even trying to find nurses or other dialysis staff members, you know, the cost of having them has gone up. It's harder to find help that will be reliant and be in there all the time. Um, so there's definitely challenges with nursing care by itself. Mm -hmm. No, we've covered this. Uh, we mentioned this a few times, and and not only is it difficult finding a nurses or, or individuals who want to go into the field. But one of the other challenges, of course, is nursing schools are understaffed. 
So even those nurses who want to apply for nursing schools have challenges because they can't, schools can't find enough nurses who will staff it and provide the education. So there's just about every corner you look, uh, whether it's high salaries or finding people who want to work in the dialysis field. It's been a struggle for dialysis providers. Now, in their letter to CMS um, Director Brooks LaShore, legislators Bill Benny, uh, Bouchon, and Barra, Barra, who is the Congressional Healthcare Innovation Caucus co-chair, wrote this. While we appreciate the importance of the current bundle payment system to promote high quality and efficient care, we are skeptical that the proposed post to that add-on payment would in many cases, sufficiently reimbursed for new innovative products. For example, the proposed rule indicates that using available data for the current ADAPA product, CMS's methodology results in a 0.09 cents increase to the base rate for all dialysis patient claims, regardless of whether they use the product or not. So the message here is that this add-on payment based on the calculations, but would, would, would barely move the needle on the payment. So in essence, you'd have to have many, many treatments before you'd really start to see an increase or financial incentive here. It's not Nine a lot cents of wouldn't touch anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not a lot of money to take the chance on new and more expensive products. And in that letter, as I mentioned, also they also wrote that they believe the role of Medicare as a primary payer for kidney care and how it pays for kidney drugs, devices, and other medical products has diminished the interest among investors, researchers, and companies to pursue development of new cutting edge treatments. So in essence, and we've heard this for many years now, that not only, and this is really a two-pronged um, issue. One is that for historically, the NIH has invested fewer dollars in dialysis compared to other specialties such as heart disease and cancer and those kinds of things. And that's been reported a number of times that the money going into kidney care has always been less in terms of research. And now they're talking about, well, if you're an investor and you want to develop a portable or wearable kidney, the money that a provider receives for that treatment is just not there. So if you're an investor and you want to invest in a company that's doing this, What's your incentive, or what's the likelihood of you getting, you know, in essence, your return on investment? So that's a concern that they raise in this particular letter. And as they say, quote, as Congress and successive administrators, administrations rather, have recognized through the bipartisan Kidney X initiative, there has not been sufficient innovation when it comes to treating individuals with kidney disease. And this is what we've been talking about today. Kidney X seeks to stimulate and accelerate innovation in the area. But if Medicare does not pay for innovation, it will undermine the long-term goals of improving care and reducing Medicare costs. So the roadblocks that we mentioned earlier include, I think in, in this sequence, certainly the cost of innovative research. It takes millions of dollars to miniaturize a device, uh, bring it to market, go through FDA approval, and, uh, and in essence, you're fitting into, into the belly as a artificial kidney and act as an implantable organ. And that process, that, that discussion, that review um, takes you know many years and many dollars. And that's a challenge. 
the lack of financial incentive for dialysis providers to even test some of this, the most basic technology that might help with patient care. Now, the bundle has put this stranglehold, as we mentioned earlier, on using that new technology. And three, the lack of big investors as the uh, congressional, um, the legislators mentioned, the lack of big investors in dialysis technology. The Kidney X program certainly is helpful. But when you talk to inventors about the kind of money that they need to refine these uh, devices, miniaturize them in many cases, which is very expensive, and test them and go through trials and then get the approval, it's, it's just a, a major investment. And, you know, you have to look at the two major companies in some respects that control 70% of the patients on dialysis in this country. And they all both have very big investments in dialysis care. Funding technologies to potentially prevent or slow an individual's progression towards ESRD or develop devices that, in essence, would allow patients to have an alternative means of therapy may seem counterproductive for their body. Uh, you know, in essence, if a patient does not show up for a dialysis treatment, a dialysis provider does not get paid for that treatment. So um, there is some, some interesting, uh, when you listen to some of the earning calls for these two providers, they are reducing the number of clinics out there. Uh, and they are doing that to some degree for, for a couple of reasons. One is they are saying that by pushing more home dialysis, in essence, they are able to reduce some of the bricks and mortar. But it's also, as we talked about earlier, going back to the, this financial squeeze that the composite rate and the bundle payment rate is put it on these dials providers. It's more and more difficult uh, for them to be out there and maintaining the physical plant, maintaining the staff, maintaining the overhead uh, based on what this bundle rate provides. And then the next step, of course, would be, well, you know, if we want to do something more innovative, we want to bring in new devices, you know, how is CMS providing the financial incentive to do that? And that's a concern moving forward. So it really sounds like it all boils down to one thing, and that's money. You know, in any way you look at it, whether it's trying to fund the innovation itself or potentially taking away uh, money going into dialysis providers because you're shifting patients away from dialysis, it all boils down to there not being enough money for the innovation or not enough money going to the big organizations. So... I think our, our key today is there needs to be more money floating around for kidney care. Right. And, and there has to be some fresh investors, right? I mean, Fresenius is a, um, is a dialysis provider and also a manufacturer. Other companies out there as well, Baxter, for example, produces um, PD equipment. Um, there are other manufacturers. Um, DeVita now has a new contract with Medtronics to perhaps develop some new um, machines. But these companies that invest in the research and the technology to develop newer products. There has to be an incentive there. They have to know in a sense that there's gonna be a return on their investment, that there's gonna be dialysis providers out there who are going to buy that equipment to provide a better, um, more efficient dialysis experience, a better dialysis experience with this new technology. And if right. CMS is not paying for that and not willing to pay for that, then um, why would anybody want to invest in in, in uh, developing you know those that new technology? So 
I think that's a real concern. Congress is now on board with this. They're concerned about it so that we may see some new changes. Maybe we'll see that bundled rate open up a bit and and uh, and give um, the industry. And of course, this is a benefit to patients too. Yeah. And I think like with most of our topics, stay tuned. We'll yeah. see what happens in the near future. Exactly. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us to discuss some of these roadblocks to innovation in the nephrology space. And of course, by roadblocks, we essentially mean that there's just not enough money to go around in nephrology innovation. And thank you to the Nephew community for joining us and listening in. And be sure to like and subscribe to the Nephew podcasts. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I hope you guys all enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to join us next month so Mark can keep us up to date with the latest hot topics in nephrology. Thank you.